fantasy football today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Happy Friday, everybody. Maybe you have some drafts coming up this weekend. It's that time of year. What's going on? Preseason week two is in full swing, and we are here on this Friday to uh, break it down for you, recap the three games from last night, and look at a lot more. I am Adam Azer with Jamie Eisenberg and Heath Cummings. Dave Richards off today. Did you guys enjoy your uh, Thursday night of preseason football? Yeah, it was awesome. Fantastic. Great night of football. Really? Yeah, really, really enjoyed it. That catch by James Washington. Whew. Hey, he's having a great, great preseason. So is Juju. Two catches, two touchdowns. Uh, we will get to all that. And start your fantasy football league right by booking your draft party at B-Dubs. You will get a free draft kit and enjoy a draft feast of boneless wings, three sides, and three shareables at a special price. Only at Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports at participating locations. While supplies last. That is really a great way to kick off your season. To have a draft party at Buffalo Wild Wings. Alright, so today we're going to look at a lot of the injuries that we've missed. Uh, Jamal Williams hurt his ankle yesterday. He thinks it's no big deal. Rex Burkhead has a small tear in his knee, which apparently is a small deal. But Rex Burkhead is injury prone. And we'll take a look at the Seahawks and Redskins running back situations. Um, we're going to look at late round ADP. After pick 100, who are some values you can get late? We got your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com, and we got a special guest coming on a little bit later. We're regulating. I know you guys are excited. Oh, I'm excited. I, I enjoy telling other people what to do with their leagues. <laughs> yes, and I can guarantee you that Heath is going to tell you to kick someone out of a league at some point today. Uh, let's take a look at these running back situations before we regulate. Just got to groove a little bit. Sorry. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, I, I'll, I'll be honest. It's it's Friday. I was up late watching football last night. I was a little bit tired. You play that music, and I, I'm just right back in it. There it is. All right, so Rashad Penny, week one status is in doubt due to a broken finger. Who go, who goes first? Jamie did a Twitter poll actually a few days ago. Who would you take first, Carson or Penny? I think I voted for Carson. Uh, not because I'm so mixed. I'm so torn on it that I don't even remember who I voted for. Who would you take first, Rashad Penny or Chris Carson? Chris Carson. Oh, easily. It's not easy, but I I think you just have to go with the guy who's impressing the coaching staff more and who's healthy. So while Penny has a higher ceiling, presumably, you know, this is a team that has shown that they will play who they consider to be their best player. In some cases, it's worked out with Russell Wilson. In some cases, you know, I, I don't know anything off the top of my head, unfortunately, but, um, you know, that's what Pete Carroll's mantra is. Yeah, but, you know, I took a look at the last three years of running backs drafted in the first and second round, and, you know, most of them got the most carries on the team. But, you know, Amir Abdullah only got 143. Joy Bell had 90. Uh, obviously, Derrick Henry rode the back seat to DeMarco Murray. He had 193 fewer carries than DeMarco Murray. Uh, but, you know, Joe Mixon, Zeke Fournette, Cook, Gurley, Melvin Gordon, they were thrown right into the fire. Uh, Gordon only had 184 carries as a rookie. Christian McCaffrey had 200 touches. He obviously didn't have as many carries as Jonathan Stewart. That was probably by design. So this is a, this is a first round pick we're talking about here. Yeah, I, 
I would still probably take Penny, but I think it depends because these guys are probably going to go in the eighth or ninth round of your draft now. One of them may even fall into the tenth. And I think it really depends at that point on what your roster looks like. If you've done something similar to zero RB and you are a little bit worried about your week one starter at running back, then I can understand seeing Car- taking Carson. If you if this is your fourth running back that you're taking in the ninth or tenth round, then I'm probably taking Penny because I do think his upside is a lot higher. You said something there that applied to me in our two quarterback draft because I drafted Mark Ingram as my second running back, and so I was looking for guys that have the potential to be good early on or at least have work early on that can get me by and he was one of the ones that I targeted Marlon Mack was another one because I I would not be surprised if somebody else takes over for him at some point during the season you know Jordan Wilkins now getting first team reps without uh Mack being healthy um but I also went with the strategy of I think it was round eight it was in that range um I took Carson and I was anticipating taking Carson Penny back to back and two picks after I took Carson Dave took Rashad Penny uh, in this draft um and I, I know how Dave feels about this. He would have rather had Carson, but I don't have a problem with him taking Penny in that same range. The thing that could be tough for Carson specifically is that early season schedule is not very good. Oh yeah, brutal, brutal. And so it, he, I don't know that I think the Seahawks are going to be very good at running the football anyway. So it, it's a tough situation. Thankfully, they're they're really cheap. Yeah, Seattle's running game has been 25th and 23rd in yards each of the last two seasons. They had 13 rushing touchdowns two years ago, which was middle of the pack. Last year they had four rushing touchdowns. Got a new offensive line coach, Mike Solari. They brought in DJ Fluker from the Giants. He he improved their run game a little bit last year, the Giants. Uh, they're hoping, you know, full season from George Brown will help and Ethan Posick maybe improves, but we know it's not the best situation. And at Denver, at Chicago, Dallas at Arizona in their first four games. All four of those teams finished in the top nine in fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs last year. Uh, and then they get the Rams, who are really bad against running backs, but that's not something we necessarily buy. They have Indomitian Sue. They should have Aaron Donald by week five. So it's tough. So two questions. Number one, who finishes with more fantasy points, Rashad Penny or Chris Carson? I'll say Penny. I'm hoping it's Penny, but I think whatever it is is going to be close between the two of them. And second one is, what's the earliest that you'd, that you'd pick them? What round in a 12 team league? Eight. Seven for Carson, eight for Penny. All right, next situation, Green Bay. Your read on Green Bay with Jamal Williams, uh, with a minor ankle injury, according to him. If it's minor, he's still the first one that should be drafted. I would look for him in the round five range, but I'm still trying to target two Packers running backs. Uh, and it's format specific. In non-PPR, I'm trying to get Williams and Jones. In PPR, it's Williams and Montgomery, but I'm not opposed to taking Jones also in PPR. Yeah, I think Jones is an interesting one because he's, at this point, probably going to need some help to get that starting job. He's going to need an injury or some real ineffectiveness from Williams, but if he gets it, the upside is sky high, so he's a nice double-digit rounds pick. But I still expect it's going to be Williams' job to lose. Rex Burkhead has a small tear in his knee. Sony Michelle is still out. Boy, was James White involved last night. James White uh, just peppered with targets. He was the uh, starting running back, and he finished with James White. Where are your statistics? Uh, Six for 61 and a touchdown on the receiving touchdown. and four carries yeah. for 31 yards. Thank you, Jamie. I wish they would just say, you know what? You're our guy. Like, just make him the every down guy. Let oh, him be Deion Lewis. Give him the 200 that, carries. No, they'll, ne- huh? they'll never do that based on his track record. 
he's got like a Chris Thompson like track record. They don't. Oh, they don't I give I the, I agree with what you're saying, but you just want. I mean, he was he wasn't a feature guy at Wisconsin, right? But he got he got work at Wisconsin, didn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. He he was a hell of a running back. Uh, everybody was at Wisconsin. It's kind of that thing. He had one game last year with more than five carries. That was week one. Uh, that was in the regular season. You know, they tend to turn him loose, I guess, in the postseason. But I don't, I don't think that, I, I mean, it would be great. He's a very versatile, good player. But, um, do, where do you, where does James White get drafted? He was a 12th round pick in a half PPR, two quarterback league, so guys fell a little bit. That was before, that was before yesterday. Be- He's gonna probably creep up two rounds. Yeah, like, does he deserve to be in the Giovanni Bernard, uh, discussion? James White. He probably should be. I don't have it ranked that way, and I don't have it projected that way. The whole situation's disgusting. Yeah, I, I would say PPR. He's, he should be there with with Bernard. The difference is, is that if if you're right, Adam, which I think you are, that they would never give him that featured down work. Geo's in a different situation because if Mixon gets hurt, Geo is like Tevin Coleman. You know, he just needs that injury to be a monster. Um, Mark Walton. But it, huh? Mark Walton. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, I, I just think you gotta treat James White as a potential, he has the potential to be a flex for you in PPR. Because as we saw, I think it was three years ago now, what do you have, 60 some odd catches? See, okay, so, so let me give you the stats. You never know with the Patriots, but why I said they'd never give him that work. In three years, his last three years, he's had 22, 39, and 43 carries. But 40, 60, and 56 catches. And so six, 12, 60 was, I'm sorry. Six, 60 was yeah, the yeah. first year without Shane Vereen or the year Vereen got hurt. Two, 2016, yeah. So I think that's kind of where I would put his catches at this year, e- even if Burkhead and, and Michelle are healthy. And first four weeks, you might really get some very good production. Right. right? That, that's, that's the thing. And Edelman played now, last night. He has 12, yeah. he has 12 receiving touchdowns his last three years too. So this is James White. People don't really consider, you know, but they should. I, I would think like if you're drafting James White, the the ceiling would be that silly year that that Danny Wood had had a couple years ago. Okay, right. and that's that's overly optimistic. All but right. I think I think in PPR you can get away with him as a, as a flex. Are we moving down Rex Burkhead? You have to. Yeah, I'm gonna drive. I haven't done it yet, but you've got to drop him a little bit. He's never stayed healthy, and now it sounds like he's not currently healthy. And this does not sound like it's something that is going to prevent him from actually playing right now, but a small tear worries me and that it could become a bigger tear. So I got, we're, we're going to have, uh, and I hope I say his name right, uh, Dr. Brandon Bowers, um, who's part of our sports line staff. Um, he's our injury analyst. We're going to have him on fantasy football today at, at noon Eastern on Friday. So you can, you can watch that on VOD. He's going to give us some of the, uh, inside information, I guess, you know, from a doctor's perspective on, on what Burkhead is dealing with. Somebody tweeted this to me. I don't know if it's a doctor or not. Uh, I'll, I'll look real quick. Um, doesn't say, but makes sense to me, at least, uh, that I just lost. It. I'm sorry. It, uh, lots of folks can have slight tears and be fine. If they turn into flaps or the tear has a piece become a floater, it can change things. However, if it's on the lateral side, body can sometimes fix on own in a few weeks. So we don't know what kind of a tear it is. It could be meniscus, which we've seen guys play through and be fine. If it's LCL, MCL, ACL, you know, that's what Ryan Tannehill dealt with, remember? He tried to play through it last preseason, stepped awkwardly in towards ACL. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you gotta, you gotta have, you know, some built-in concern. 
Um, so okay, so ra- rank them. How how would you rank the three running backs? Just to wrap this up. Burkett, Michelle, White, Hill. Yep, and I think like Jeremy Hill has to be kind of a late round thing. Okay, and uh, would you take Burkhead or Chris Carson at this point? Burkhead. Man, I had it so much so so far ahead of him. I think they're in a the similar range. You, 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 like I, I don't know where you were taking him, Heath. I, I was like round five. That's where I was. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you can't now. It's just like I had I, I, the one guy, the two guys I struggled with were Burkhead and Jay Ajayi, and now you have to take Jay Ajayi over Burkhead. Can I just? <laughs> I was thinking about this. I find it kind of funny that you guys have called Carson Wentz a bust. You have seemingly no interest in Alshon Jeffrey. And we've also called Jay Ajayi a bust. You are talking about three of the four best offensive players on what might be the best offense in the NFL. And I see a point. I mean, I see the reasoning for all of it. But I just think it's funny if you look at that, like, bigger picture. Totally. totally you guys are, are going away from the Eagles offense, which is weird. But I, I think it was just, I, look, Wentz is not going to be where he is right now in terms of his draft value, and so is Jeffrey. But I think Ajayi may settle into a spot where he's fine. Like, I don't, I don't have a problem with him in the fourth round. Oh, okay. His ADP was what, the third round we talked about the other day? Uh, it, yeah, or like early, early four. It's 36, so. Yeah, yeah. like, I'm not it's drafting early. him in the fourth round, but. When you if if it's heavy if your draft is heavy on running backs and and you feel like you need someone who's going to get work he's going to get work he's just not going to be I think you know that people some sometimes have the expectation he's going to be 250 carries that's just not what the Eagles do no and I'll tell you I, I drafted him yesterday in the sixth round it was a two that's quarterback perfect. two quarterback league so maybe bump it up around I would have taken him happily in the fifth round at a one quarterback league um, and then yesterday last night they get first and goal at the one yard line. They give Wendell Smallwood, or maybe it was Corey Clement, <laughs> two carries. No, Clement, Clement's banged up. I don't think okay, it was Smallwood. They gave him two carries at the one-yard line, and then Ajayi came in on third down, and they threw a touchdown pass, I believe. Um, so it was like, are you kidding me? And maybe that's going to happen. I, maybe that's going to happen. It's going to be a little frustrating, but I think he's falling a little bit too far in our drafts, but going a little bit too early in ADP. 36 is, is too early. I will, I will just say that one of the things the Philadelphia offense does – that makes them so effective is that you don't know what they're going to do. And that makes them worse in fantasy. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was Wendell Smallwood. It was so, so annoying. Uh, all right. And finally, the Redskins running back situation. What I noticed last year when I went through the game logs, because you see P. Ryan got a lot of carries. Kelly got some carries. Rob Kelly was the starter. It wasn't until, and Kelly got hurt on three separate occasions. Every time he got hurt, that's when P. Ryan got the work, including games in which they both played. Kelly was the starter, got hurt, P. Ryan got the work. So, and it, and they lined up that way yesterday. Kelly got the early work, and then P. Ryan actually left with an injury on one carry, which was a nice carry, it was a 30 yard carry or something like that. Your read on that situation right now is what? I think Rob Kelly is the starter. I don't think either of them are going to be very good on a per carry basis, and they are going to split work a little bit, and so that doesn't make them exciting in fantasy, except that they're both available in the 12th round. Yeah. So, like, everybody's exciting at a certain price. I I have Kelly projected for the most carries. Chris Thompson's going to take a little bit off the top, but it doesn't matter how many people get hurt. He's not going to be a feature back. All righty. So well, I, I would imagine if they both get hurt, then he'll get 
I don't. He's, I don't think feature back in the sense of you know twenty five touches a week, but he'll he, probably get somewhere in the neighborhood of fifteen. He's had fifteen touches twice in a game in his career. Once last year when they were terrible at running the ball. He's their best running back. I just don't think anybody believes that he can handle that type of workload. You would still take him first though, right? Of the of the guys. I would take him first for sure in PPR. I don't think I'm taking him in non PPR. I don't think he's going to be have any use. Yeah. Okay, guys, uh, thank you for updating us on these running back situations. we got a lot more to get to. Let's read an email. Email of the day is from Logan in San Jose, California. Hey, Jerry, Bob, Phil, and Mickey. Hmm. I don't know. We'll have to look that up. Wait, wait, wait. Mouses? Mickey and Jerry, right? Maybe. Bob and is Phil. Is there a mouse know. named Bob? <laughs> I don't know. There might be. But just Mickey and Jerry are they... <laughs> That's good. Yeah. I was thinking like front offices or something. I'm like sure that. it is something Owners. more than that, but <laughs> uh I always have some players that maybe have a higher ADP, but I just do not want because maybe they've hurt my team in the past or I just have a bad feeling about them. For me this year it's Devontae Freeman and Amari Cooper. So who are some of your guys that aren't necessarily bad but you're avoiding even for a good value? The Eagles. <laughs> Okay, legit answer. Some guys, or whatever you want. So I'm sorry, even at good value. Yeah, you know how it is. I mean, you just don't you don't ever take this guy, even if you think the value's right, because you just whatever. He's just not not your guy. You avoid him. I mean, McCoy for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, McCoy. Some of the Eagles. Anyone Wentz, else? Yeah. I was that way with Amari Cooper until I thought about it, and I was like, no, that doesn't make any sense. I'm getting more that way with Trey Burton. Really? And I think he's good. I think I think he's talented, but I'm not sure he's going to. I think that sharing with Shaheen thing could really hurt him, kind of in the way that Cameron Brait and OJ Howard hurt each other. <laughs> I don't want to be too influenced by the preseason, but I was feeling that way about Jimmy Graham. But he looked like he looks kind of svelte. I don't know. So when uh, Pete Prisco was there. And he just talked about it on, on the show this week. He said he looked a little bit like old Jimmy Graham. Yeah, he looked a little different out that, there. That he was running routes of practice that, you know, he kind of looked like some of the speed was back. You just wonder if maybe Seattle didn't use him the right way? I, that was an interesting quote from Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers said that they have not really, over the last couple of years, Jimmy Graham has not been used in the middle of the field enough. He said, like, may, maybe they haven't used him in the middle of the field enough. He's kind of softening it. And the the article that Dave sent me this morning actually was about the chemistry that the two of them have and and how they've really clicked. And I thought that quote really stood out to me that they maybe can use Jimmy Graham a little bit better than the Seahawks did, which is saying something because he was a was a good player for the Seahawks. Well, I think like Russell Wilson is a, is a great quarterback. I don't want to say anything bad about Russell Wilson, but when it comes to ball placement in the red zone, he's not Aaron Rodgers, and Graham doesn't have to get any separation at all. Because he just has to get into position, and Rogers is going to put the ball where he like can yesterday. get it. Yeah, uh, Graham or Ingram? Graham. Yeah, yeah I've uh, I've changed my opinion on Graham. You know, just after again what Pete said. Certainly last night kind of confirmed it. Um, I think I had him seventh. I moved him back to fifth. I still would take Olsen over him just because I think Olsen will do a little bit more if the touchdowns are different. You know, if Graham's touchdowns come down. Right. But if if Graham has another ten touchdown season, even if he did what he did last year, he's going to be the you know top three guy. And Graham has to be like the second most likely tight end to score ten touchdowns, I think, behind Gronk. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, who's six for you, Jamie? Burton. Okay. And then Ingram or Walker? 
or Rudolph. Oh no, then I go Walker Rudolph. Ingram is uh, I think eighth or ninth. Um, uh, we, we do have to keep an eye on Walker. Suffered a toe injury in practice yesterday, mm-hmm. so that could change things clearly. Oh, we got some fun stuff to tell you about. Uh, we're giving away a lot of stuff. And the radio show starting tomorrow night. That's exciting. Let me tell you about something else that's exciting real quick here. FanDuel. FanDuel is better than ever. More ways to win. They got preseason contests. Beat the score contest. You can play with friends. You can do the gridiron pick em. Uh, you can do the week one Sunday million contest. Uh, it's so fun, FanDuel. You get a new team every week. You get as many teams as you want every single week and just so many t- different types of contests that they really keep it fresh. And you can play for a buck. I usually play for five bucks every week. Uh, look, all of us have different motivations with Daily Fantasy Sports. For me, it's not so much about the money. For me, it's just about the opportunity to have new players that I don't have on my seasonal teams, uh, the, the opportunity to play a different type of fantasy sports, and just to play more often and have more things to be interested in and have more things to watch. But for other people, hey, you can win a ton of money on FanDuel, and that's also making it very, very exciting. Now, if you want a $20 bonus when you make your first deposit, go to FanDuel.com slash FFT. FanDuel.com slash FFT. Make a deposit and get a $20 bonus. We really love FanDuel. We have a blast playing on there, and you will too. FanDuel.com slash FFT. Get a $20 bonus on your first deposit. All right, so if you bear with me for just a moment, I'm going to promote a bunch of things. Eye on Fantasy Football is our Saturday night radio show. What's awesome about it? Well, it's the same great fantasy football content. It's a national radio show. It's from 10 p.m. Eastern until midnight, and we take your phone calls basically the entire time. The boards are full, so it's awesome. We get, we'll get like 60 calls in per night. Um, and just tune into that either on CBSSportsRadio.com or I think there's, there's an app you can use. Uh, there's, your CBS radio affiliate, CBS Sports Radio affiliate, Eye on Fantasy Football every Saturday night from tomorrow through the end of the season on CBS Sports Radio, 10 to midnight Eastern. If you want to join a league on CBS Sports, go to cbsports.com slash FFT, cbsports.com slash FFT. Uh, the, I mean, the product has just gotten so much better, and I think you're going to love playing on, on CBSSports.com. If you want to get amazing content and watch fantasy football today, you need to download the CBS Sports app on your Roku, on your Amazon Fire, on any over-the-top device, and watch CBS Sports HQ. It is 24-7. It is streaming. It is sports news highlights. It is great sports coverage, CBS Sports HQ. And finally, we have teamed up with CNET to give away – I hope you're sitting down for this – a 65-inch LG TV before the football season. You've never seen a TV like this. It's thinner than a pencil. It weighs 18 pounds, and it's 65 inches. If you want a free TV, enter to win at cbsports.com slash kickoff and fill out the form at the bottom of the article. cbsports.com slash kickoff. Seriously, I would they're never going to let me win, or I would go to cbsports.com slash kickoff and enter to be in it. Ooh, what if I won? That would be a lot of controversy. All right, news and notes. <laughs> I could use a, a new TV, though. Oh, terrible TV. Nick Foles left with a shoulder sprain, so we got to keep an eye on that. Ben Roethlisberger is fine. Chad Kelly is Denver's number two starting quarterback. And Sam Darnold started for the Jets and uh, didn't do very well last night. Do you think he starts week one, Sam Darnold? Yes. Yeah, I think he does, although Teddy Bridgewater has uh, looked awesome in his performances. Darnold was a 12th round pick in our 12 team two quarterback league. I can't I imagine. I got sniped. I got sniped. I wanted him. 
Josh Rosen went next, Josh Allen, Sam Bradford. So he was he was toward the end of the starting quarterbacks. Uh Rashad Penny broken finger, Jamal Williams ankle, Saquon Barkley making progress from his hamstring injury, should be ready to go for week one. Uh Jeremy McNichols has been the number one running back for the Niners with McKinnon and Breida injured. And Kalen Balage has a concussion for the Dolphins. Not a lot of running back news that we haven't covered right now. Alright, Des Bryant could end up in Cleveland, guys. If he does, what what would that mean for Landry and Gordon and everyone, really? I was just tweeting about this this morning, and I, I really hope he doesn't go to Cleveland. Yeah. But I think the only thing I can make of it is maybe that means it's less likely we're seeing Josh Gordon at the beginning of the year. You could take the targets that are going to go to Callaway and Higgins, and you could take a few away from Njoku. I'm not taking any away from Jarvis Landry. I think he probably gets 80 or 90 targets if he goes to Cleveland. I'm not excited about drafting him. You're not excited about drafting who? Dez. Oh, Dez, yeah. Um, right. And we don't know that he's there yet. And they expect Josh Gordon to return possibly by week one, according to the Cleveland Plain Dealer. And, and then we take a look at – we did the wide receivers yesterday. We talked about this group. But we also did a 12-team half PPR draft yesterday. And forgetting about the fact that it was a two-quarterback league, I won't even say the round. But just look at this range of wide receivers. So they went in, a, in an interesting order. Uh, and the next note I have in the in the news items is that Doug Baldwin was seen doing sprints at practice. So the the wide receivers went Juju, Demarius, Landry, Tyree Kill, Doug Baldwin, Adam Thielen. Juju, Demarius, Landry, Tyree Kill, Doug Baldwin, Adam Thielen, and Cooper and Diggs were already off the board at this point. Um, you know, I, th- I was thrilled to get Doug Baldwin after Juju after. Landry, after he took Tyreek Hill one pick before. Uh, but, you know, it's it's a similar range. I guess those guys are somewhat interchangeable, fellas. I, I mean, I, I like Baldwin better than the group you just listed. But, you know, it's it's still a question mark. Yeah. Uh, obviously, if he's 100% and doesn't have anything that could be lingering during the year or causes a setback, he's a – you could argue he's a top 10 guy. Yep. But – you know, you just have to build in some of the risks. So I think he's a good third round pick in, in any format. I think he's, uh, you know, I like Diggs. Uh, you know, we, we sort of established there's a top 10, you know, however you want to break it down. 11 through 15, I think you could probably put 10 guys into that category. Uh, but for the most part, it's Cooper, it's Demarius, it's Tyree Kill, uh, Thielen and Baldwin. And I think Baldwin has the most upside. I like Juju a lot. I don't want to say anything negative about Juju, but Juju should have gone after all those guys. Yeah, yeah agree. He was the first. It was interesting, but if you know, if you need, if you want him, then you got to take him there because you're not getting him in the next round. Uh, more notes: Devontae Parker broke his finger. We argued about Kenny Stills yesterday. John Brown is having a good camp. More on him. Did later. you realize the error of your ways yet? No. You know, Chris Howard said to me this morning. You know, I was just looking at some stuff, and why isn't Kenny Stills a top twenty-four receiver? Well, well, he's know, not a top twenty-four receiver. He's just outside. He's a little outside. He was close to that last year. Yeah, he was twenty-four, I think. Okay, I thought he was just outside, but probably sure. depends on the scoring system. But yeah, it's uh, probably. I don't know, guys. I just, I just think, I just, I mean, Alshon Jeffrey's just a better player than him. I feel like when they're both healthy, they're and he's going to be in a much better offense. Much when they're both healthy. I don't think the production's going to be all that close. I think Alshon's just going to be on a per game basis much better. So not as close as it was last year. So you're no. you're basically you're counting on Nate Sudfeld to 
Alshon Jeffrey from week seven on being better than Ryan Tannehill and Kenny Stills from uh, week one. Week on. seven. Yeah, he's out the first six weeks, Jeffrey. Up. I mean, but we don't know that. Like, I don't know why you're assuming that. If if he's out the first six weeks, I'm going to take Stills. But well, that's the report that he's going to be out the first six weeks. But where is that report? Ian Rapport. Nah, you're lying right now. He could could start I mean, the season what, on the what, pup, Yes. Are you are you been sleeping? No, under that, they, he also he could be ready for week one. There's a lot of coulds right now. You could leave your apartment sometime in the next Th- five that's days. Not I mean, a lot of things could happen. Jamie, like that, don't be ridiculous. Um, let's see. Uh, Geronimo Allison having a good camp. Brian Schottenheimer has been impressed with Brandon Marshall, and apparently, according to ESPN's Michael Duraco, Duraco, sorry, Michael, uh, DJ Chark is uh, has been the most impressive. Jacksonville wide receiver. I believe outside of Dante Moncrief, we've had a positive, right? maybe Marquis Marky Lee too. So uh, you used to uh, tease a certain um, competitor of ours that they would always tout the backup receivers for the Packers. And like there was always a different report about Jeff Janis. And um, I think it was always Jeff Janis, but there was always something on the, the Packers wide receiver. It's becoming like that with the Jaguars guys where it's Keelan Cole. He's awesome. It's D.D. Westbrook. He's now awesome. And D.J. Shark, he's the awesomest. So I, I just wonder if, you know, they, when you don't have a, a clear cut number one and probably not a clear cut number two and maybe not a clear cut number three, they all just look the same. It probably it's, yeah, he's, he's not getting drafted though. So going back to the one before that, I think, especially in best ball drafts, uh, Brandon Marshall at least needs to be drafted. You think so? Yeah. I, it's sounding more and more like, He's. I think there's a good chance he's starting week one, even if Baldwin's healthy. Do you think though, similar situation though, he's looking good because everybody else stinks because Baldwin's not there? That might be the case, but yeah. I, I don't. No, I think you're right. I'm just saying, like you know, it, it's it's one of those situations where Tyler Lockett, we're we're, we're kind of hoping, yeah, and, he's <laughs> you know? ding- and he's dinged again, and and you know, Darbo and Jerron Brown. I mean, look look what Russell Wilson's dealing with. All right, I'm kind of bored with news and notes. Let's get to the games from last night, and let's remind people that Buffalo Wild Wings is sponsoring our show. And Buffalo Wild Wings understands that being a fantasy football league manager, it's a tough job. It's important to make a good first impression, and that all starts with the draft. Don't screw up your draft, everybody. If you want your league to love you, book your draft party at B-Dubs. Get a free draft kit, a special draft feast of boneless wings, three three sides and three shareables, for a special price to feed your league. So come in and get to drafting up some league manager love at Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports, at participating locations, while supplies last. Washington 15, Jets 13. Any takeaways from this game? The Redskins are going to be really bad if they don't have a lot of healthy bodies because no Jordan Reed, no Jamison Crowder, no Chris Thompson. You know, Rob Kelly was asked to play on passing downs, and that's not pretty. Yeah, I, I think maybe the only thing to talk about is that it was kind of a wake-up call for Sam Darnold, eight for 11, 62 yards and a pick. And you know, you talked, he talked to Robbie Anderson a lot, called him a sleeper. Do you he's wor- not throwing the ball down the field yet. Do you worry this about is now this? Now two, two straight games, he's completed 22 passes, and he's thrown for what's 98 plus 62 or 96 plus 62. He's thrown for under 200 yards in, in, One, in two games. 158. Yeah, so that's not going to cut it for his receiving core. If this continues. And that's one thing, like, you know, Pete Prisco's talked about this after we, we were watching him last week and everybody's glowing about the, the way he looks and he looks poised, but he's just not taking chances yet. 
And neither is Andrew Luck. Just want to throw that out. We got to see him throw the ball downfield. And well, one, one guy at least has a track record. No, I just saying he hasn't yeah. thrown the ball deep yet. I, I just need to remind everybody that. Sure. But remember though, and, and this applies to both guys. When Peyton Manning was coming back from his neck surgery, mm-hmm. you know, every time we saw like a video of him in practice, well, he can't throw the ball down the field. He looks terrible. You know what I mean? It's true. I would imagine Luck has a better chance, you know, based on, you know, being able to read defenses than Sam Darnold does of getting the ball down yeah. the field or, or, or making at least positive throws in the mid to deep range. We get to see it from Darnold though. Well, Heath, as someone you probably own a lot of Robbie Anderson, would you prefer McCown, Bridgewater, or Darnold to be the quarterback? I mean, I'd prefer McCown just from a strictly Robbie Anderson perspective because I know how McCown's going to target the wide receivers. Yeah. All right. You would assume though Bridgewater would too. I, I think so. All right, Green Bay 51, Pittsburgh 34. No Ben Roethlisberger, very little Aaron Rodgers. James Conner had a nice game, 557 and a touchdown. He's probably your your Le'Veon handcuff, right, Conner? Yes. Okay. Uh, what do we think about James Washington? Is he becoming relevant? Now, his damage has been done, you know, in the second half with the backups and whatnot, but what do you think? And he knows, he knows Mason Rudolph. He does know Mason Rudolph, right? They went to college together. I think one thing of, of interest is, like, there there's – and, and Heath, you could disagree with me if, if you don't agree with these names, but there's four rookie wide receivers I think are going to be drafted. DJ Moore, and whatever, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, Anthony Miller, and Michael Gallup. Yeah, I think so. Then there's, I think, four other guys that have a chance to be somewhat relevant. And I think it's Washington, Cortland Sutton, Christian Kirk, and Dante Pettis. Anybody missing? No, and, I, and some of those guys are going like, to, Pettis and Washington are getting good, rave re- reviews right now. So Pettis is interesting, and, and, and this I, I think is a little broader discussion, but Pettis uh, initially, when Trent Taylor was not healthy, was looking like their third guy. Now you're hearing Trent Taylor reports of him looking like – I think the last thing I, said, I read was he's looking like the guy he was before he got hurt. So I wonder if Pettis just slides down to the fourth guy. Sutton we know is going to be at best the third guy, and Washington at best the third guy. Christian Kirk to me is a little bit of a wild card because there's no number two wide receiver in Arizona. Right. Bryce Butler was the uh, initial starter. He's hurt. So I just think, like, like we did this draft yesterday. Again, two quarterback league, but so 16 rounds. So we, we added an extra round because of the second quarterback. For the most part, it would be a 15-round draft. I don't think anybody's drafting James Washington in a 15-round draft yet. No. But, and Adam brought this up yesterday about Juju, we were drafting Martavis Bryant last year and probably taking a flyer on Juju. Like, is it worth taking a flyer on James Washington that he's just a better version of Martavis Bryant? In and anything, does that hurt Juju? In anything deeper than a 15-round draft where you have to draft a defense and a kicker, I think it is worth it. I'm not sure if it's worth taking him in the 13th round of a draft because there's just so many players left then. Yeah, I, I, you know, like in a non-PPR league, is it better to take a flyer on Ben Roethlisberger's third guy or possession guys like Amendola, Cole Beasley? You know, I don't know if those guys are getting drafted, but, you know, Richard Matthews, you know, who can't stay healthy right now, Devontae Parker. Um, You know, just for the... The chance of, like, these are more best ball guys, I think, because the yeah. weeks that they go They're off for, to 20, for, for yeah. two touchdowns, right. you know. But it's, it's, it, it's intriguing, you know. It's like, uh, Adam, and, and I wonder how often this happens. So we did a live draft, um, that was 16 rounds, right? When? Oh, it's flex? Yeah. And so, like, I'm sitting next to, uh, uh, Jake Seeley, who runs the, the flex leagues. And I was like, God, there's so many players that I still would like to draft. <laughs> and so we like, should we add a couple rounds? Like oh, we, I was we, we so mad. About... I was so mad at you, by the way. Why? I did not want to do two more rounds. I wanted to get the heck out of there. <laughs> but they're like, like, I'm just looking at the board and, you know, maybe it's different because you're not staring at a draft room. Um, 
there was just so many players. I'm like, you know, I, I can easily squeeze two more players out of this. You know, yeah, of, but then of, we like, thought about players. it like what, what, free agency is going to be terrible. That was the other reason I was mad. Like, I didn't, I wanted a decent waiver wire to look at. Um, all right, so that yeah, a lot of good uh, rookie wide receivers. Maybe some of them become fantasy relevant. Uh, the thing about Washington, you know, as it relates to Juju and the whole Martavis Bryant situation last year, Washington is. Going to, and you guys mentioned this, but he's going to play the role of Martavis Bryant. He's the the kind of big play over the top guy, right? Like, you know, I, I, that's my expectation. Right? Yeah, he may he may have a after that catch he made last night, he may earn a little bit more of a red zone role too. Uh, New England thirty seven and Philadelphia twenty. Any takeaways from this game? I mean, James White and Chris Hogan look like they're locked in, ready to go. Yep, that was a beautiful drive uh, with Chris Hogan getting that touchdown. And he, he had a bad catch. drop though. Uh, middle of the field, wide open, ball him right in the in the chest, and he dropped it. So that would have added to his stat line. I I just think if Chris Hogan stays healthy, he's got top twenty potential. Okay, even though his name isn't Brandon. <laughs> even though his name is not Brandon. <laughs> also, and he lined up in the slot a lot too. You know, Dave brought that up. They yeah, were moving him around. Nice. Um, there's a stat that I want to give that uh, is weird and a guy we've never talked about, but. Does JJ Nelson have a chance of being significant in, in Arizona? He could be the number two. Somebody's gotta be. Look at this stat. In oh, three, we, we, we loved him last year. And he got off to a good start. In mm-hmm. three seasons, JJ Nelson has had six or more targets in 11 games. He has averaged 11.3 fantasy points in non-PPR in those 11 games. Not a big catch guy, only four catches per game. But 11.3 fantasy points in non-PPR with six or more targets. He almost always does well when he gets targets. Uh, feature this guy. Throw the ball to J.J. Nelson because Christian Kirk is a slot guy like Larry Fitzgerald, right? Like they need, they need Nelson. Uh, yeah, you, you would, you'd like to see it. You know, I, I just wonder if, uh, again, with Christian Kirk, you know, someone they drafted, are they going to, you know, try and force that to see how he does? Um, you have a new quarterback because, you know, Bradford's never been a down the field guy, at least, you know, over the body of work, which is, you know, go back to the time in Minnesota and you wonder what the offensive line here. Uh, you don't know what Rosen's going to look like if he gets an opportunity. And I just wonder if Ricky Seals Jones, who I think as of now you could draft as a wide receiver on our site as well oh, as a wow. tight end. So if he becomes a thing. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Okay. Do we, do we mention, uh, Cordero Patterson? Sure. Backups, I mean, he, though. He made a fantastic move on his touchdown. He's, he's still shifty. We should probably also mention that Philip Dorsett spent, spent a lot of time with the first-team offense, and that was with Edelman on the field. So they went Edelman, Hogan, Dorsett. Uh, Decker apparently is still struggling a little bit. Um, did Kenny Britt even play? I have not heard Kenny Britt's name. Right. So I wonder if that Dorsett spot will be the rotation spot. You know, Decker, Patterson, him. You know, but with without Edelman in there, you know, you, you could be getting some interesting production from Dorset if he does turn in anything. We are going to And also Gronk did not play too, so keep yeah, that in mind. Yeah. We are going to uh Oh Dallas Goddard does not need to be drafted, right? No. No. Okay. We are going to get into late round ADP, talk about some wide receivers who are going a hundredth or later. Then we are going to try to read some emails and we will definitely fantasy regulate at the end of the show. Right now, I would like to welcome one person into the podcast league, Stefan from a city north of Buffalo. Um, I don't know, somewhere in Ontario. 
Uh, you are in, and here is your entry. Congratulations. So, yeah. So uh, you still got till the end of the day. Anything that comes in after Friday night, I'm I'm sorry. I'm going to have to eliminate from contention. But fantasy football at CBSI.com. Please put podcast league in the subject line. Uh, the following story is semi-true and would be fully true if a certain player, if certain players' names were different. Example, Kareem Camp would have been a perfect name. Uh, it happened over the summer Kenny Galladay's. My Kirk Cousins and I set up a Kareem hunting trip through the Robert Woods. We were all Cam Newton to this, but we DeAndre hopped in the Derek Carr and headed Terrence West. It was getting Orleans Darkwa, but we had to carry on Johnson. We arrived at the Devontae Parker, but the Antonio Gates were closed. Good Moncrief, we thought. At that moment, our Andrew Luck really turned for the hearst. I saw an Antonio Brown bear heading in a straight Greg Zerline in our direction. So we Devontae bookered it. There was nowhere to Carlos Hyde, so we ran to the Phillip Rivers and jumped into the Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, how Rex Grossman it was. We were covered in Emmanuel Sanders and Charles Clay. We eventually climbed up the Brandon Banks to strong safety, and we needed to get to Tim Hightower ground for a more C.J. Procise view of the Jarvis Landry. So I Delaney Walkered up the Tyreek Hill, through the Baker Mayfield, past the Josh Rosenbush, and climbed the nearest Michael Crabtree. I couldn't get a good grip on the Saquon Barkley. My foot slipped, and, I de- and a Dion Branch came loose. It Brandon LaFell down and smacked me right in the Rex Burkhead. It's Zach Ertz, I TJ yelled in pain. It was clear it was time to Blake Abortles the trip, so we Michael galloped our way to the nearest Heinz Medical Ward. There was a nice Eli Manning there. He Dalvin cooked us up a big Ben Roethlisberger. I didn't have a Rashad Penny to my name. Don't worry, he said. It's Royce Free, man. They stitched up the Jay Cutler, and we were sent Patrick Mahomes. All I can say, Jones, is I should never have Carson Wentz in the first place. Next time I get the Alex Collins to join a Theo Ridiculous trip to the James Wilderness, I'll just say Graham Gano. Danny Amendola to that. That was unbelievable. Isn't that great? Well, maybe the best we've ever got. That honestly, honestly, Dave, Dave's rap was great. This was awesome. I, you guys weren't laughing and I couldn't see you. We so were laughing. Oh, I was we, laughing. We were, we were was laughing. laughing hard, this was yeah. awesome. I couldn't get the smile off my face. Oh, okay. I, I thought that you was hated awesome. it. Awesome. Yeah. I was, I was blown away. Even my wife, who only knew like 30% of the names, uh, thought it was great. That is genius. And, yeah. and look, I, I haven't read all the entries. I've read some of them and we've gotten some fantastic ones. Adam, great choice by you to pick. Uh, what's his name? I'm sorry. Stefan. Stefan, yes, you're gonna lose the league. But congratulations <laughs> on winning the email contest. Yeah, it's terrific. Good job, man. Thank you for the entry. All right, late round picks that we like after uh, pick a hundred. Let's start with our fantasy profile presented by Stephon, Buffalo Wild. Stephon honestly, should, should join the FSWA just to submit that as a uh, as as an entry for a story of the year. I might have to submit that to like the award shows. That clip, I'm after. Yeah. Um, that was good stuff. We'll have to take credit for it. We won't say who it was. We'll say it was us. <laughs> that was, uh, Stefan Richard from, uh, yeah. Coconut Creek. <laughs> um, alright, it's so a fantasy profile presented by Buffalo Wild Wings. We're profiling an underrated fantasy football player who listeners should get to know as they could be key to winning your season. And John Brown is having a good camp with the Ravens and Heath, uh, he's somebody worth at least looking at late in drafts. Two years ago or three years ago now, he was a top 24 wide receiver in both formats. John Brown. Two years ago, he was a huge topic of conversation on this podcast as we debated between him and Michael Floyd, if you remember, and neither one of them were any good they at all. They both lost. But I – listen, this is a situation – one of the reasons I love Michael Crabtree this year is because I really thought he's just going to dominate targets, and Brown could be a part of that. He could really there's, – there's plenty of room. They've got two rookie tight ends that they're going to throw the ball to occasionally, but they're rookie tight ends. They – don't really have a pass-catching running back that is exciting, but they're going to do that occasionally. 
But Brown's the number two wide receiver in this offense, and he's the most exciting because he can get behind the defense. The only thing you really have to worry about with John Brown is the fact that he's got the sickle cell disorder, and he has a hard time staying healthy. I would say there's one other thing you have to worry about with him, and that's Joe Flacco, who twice in his career has thrown more than 21 touchdown passes, never more than 27. He did produce two top 20 wide receivers in 2014. Torrey Smith and Steve Smith were about 19 and 20. Um, other than that, I only looked at the last five years. That's the only time that they've had a number two wide receiver, you know, finish, a number two Baltimore wide receiver be a number two fantasy wide receiver. I don't, and we don't want John Brown to be number two. It'd be great if he's a number three receiver. Uh, but yeah, and, and I think, like Jamie mentioned, John Brown has Torrey Smith on yesterday's podcast, and I think that's, that's a really good comparison. I think Brown's a better route runner underneath than Smith is. But it was three straight years where he was giving you borderline number two production. Yeah, I was going to say, Smith in his heyday. Right. Flacco's no, yeah, Super Bowl. Not, not Smith now. Yes. <laughs> it, it just Flacco is bad for fantasy, and we actually got an interesting email from Eric in North Carolina, and we'll, we'll transition back to the late-round wide receivers, but I want to stay on this topic. And Eric says, Dear Dallas, Ed, Todd, and Crockett, and those would be Ravens tight ends, every year I hear you guys say the Baltimore Ravens love their tight ends. Did you know that Joe Flacco has produced one top 12 fantasy tight end in his entire 10-year career? And that was Dennis Pitta's 669-yard, seven-touchdown season in 2012. Where did this myth about Ravens tight ends come from? Targets. But it's true. They don't score enough fantasy points. And I went well, back and I looked, and I, I'm pretty sure he's right. I think that's the only time in 10 years that, that Flacco's given us a top 12 tight end. That's only true in non-PPR. In PPR, he's given us a top 12 tight end each of the last two years. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Ben Watson was number 11 in PPR last year. Okay. All right. Well, that's a good distinction. Um, all right. So back to these late round wide receivers, and thank you for the email. Jamison Crowder, we haven't really talked about him enough. There's Robbie Anderson, Devontae Parker, who's, you know, got to be falling. Nelson Aguilar, steal of the draft if he was really going 110th. I don't know about that anymore. Um, what do you think about Crowder? Jamie, you've always kind of liked Crowder. You like him again? Absolutely. You know, I mean, I look at this receiving core, and, you know, Josh Doxson played last night, but he's— got a bad injury track record and they seem to only want to make him somewhat of a specialist. They're not going to feature him in the offense. Paul Richardson's never been a featured guy and Crowder. Uh, I mean, you can argue that he's clearly not a number one receiver. Um, but I think Alex Smith, the reports all off season where they were connecting very well. I just think he's their best wideout. Jordan Reed is their best pass catcher, but we know what Jordan Reed has been. So I think Crowder has the chance to, be a heavily targeted guy, especially with the running back situation being what it is. Yep. So, you know, for me, it's always who can get me 120 targets. That's the thing I look at first. Then when I get to that spot, which I think Crowder can be, how talented are they? And what's the offense that they're in? And how productive can they be in that offense? And remember two years ago in Crowder's second season, he was very good as the third option behind Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon. And then I know for me, I was very excited about him last year. But when I spoke to Kirk Cousins at the Super Bowl, who at the time was his quarterback, he said he never really got over that hamstring problem. And so you wonder if, again, he's banged up, so take that with what, for what it's worth. Uh, if he can stay healthy, I just think he's one of the more underrated guys. I think he's right in line with Marquise Goodwin and, and Robbie Anderson. You could, you could certainly argue that those guys have higher ceilings, and I get that. But Crowder to me can be similar to nowhere near the same type of production. He's not going to be a top 10 receiver, but what Tyreek Hill was for, for Alex Smith, just his, his guy. 
you know, his, his hundred plus target guy. And I think that's kind of how I would approach it. Like he's one of my favorite number three receivers to target. Yeah, especially in PPR. So how would you rank? I'll give you four names. Cooper Cup, Jamison Crowder, Nelson Aguilar, Robbie Anderson. Cup, Crowder, Aguilar, Anderson. Are we doing PPR or non-PPR? Uh, don't do that. Let's do Come both. Let's, Take a stand. Let's do non-PPR first. Okay. Anderson, Cup, Crowder, Aguilar. I go Crowder, Cup, Anderson, Aguilar. All right, what am I missing with Nelson Aguilar? Like, if you guys are, if you think Alshon Jeffrey's out six weeks, like, how do we not draft the number one wide receiver on the Philadelphia Eagles? Ahead I of- don't think that Aguilar is going to be successful going outside. I think he's better off in the slot, which is where he was last year. But how does he, he not just fall into production? Because the Eagles are going to spread the ball around. They will use. Sheldon Gibson. They will use Mac Hollins. They will use Mike Wallace. What did the Eagles do to you guys? I Nothing. They're they're a very good team, but he said the best. I don't think it's okay. This week we got the features guy. Look what Alshon Jeffrey did. If Alshon Jeffrey did not score, what was it nine touchdowns? Uh, yeah, I think so. Look at his numbers. I know, but but I know, but that's also like his least look, efficient look, season. You but know? look, but look at Aguilar's numbers. They're touchdown dependent. And they're going to score touchdowns. Like, but 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 again, you're asking a quarterback coming off an ACL that has yet to do a lot of full team practice this offseason. The backup now may have a torn rotator cuff or bad banged up shoulder. It's it, it's a great system. It's an amazing offensive line. There's a lot to like about Philly, but you just have to keep it in perspective. I hope Alshon Jeffrey plays week one and is dominant because it's great for fantasy. I hope Nelson Aguilar can score eight touchdowns again. But you just have to, when you start to stack these guys up, Who's going to get the most opportunities? And that's what targets are. They're opportunities. I just, if Alshon Jeffrey's out, I don't know how Nelson Aguilar doesn't, doesn't get those opportunities. Like he does for the first six weeks. He should be very, very good. But will he be touchdown dependent? I mean, look at the games where he didn't score touchdowns. How many hundred yard games did he have? No, I, I, I get that. I mean, I, I co- totally understand. He, he maybe had one. I don't even know. Uh, and so again, I, I can, I can, I can totally understand if you think he's in a better situation than Jamison Crowder because Crowder, is is also a guy that has to prove it. But I just look at what the target opportunity could be for Crowder compared to both Eagles receivers. And I just will say I I think I think certainly last year and I believe the year before Crowder was very much tied to the absence of Jordan Reed. He did very well when Jordan Reed wasn't there, and it might be something that we want to look into. Now, they don't I don't know. No. All right. You know what? Josh Doxson. Why don't we talk about Josh Doxson? Let's transition to that before I stumble over my thoughts again. Um, do we like him at all? Is he? Does he have good late round appeal? I. I mean, we talk about a guy that's not going to get that many targets. I think that's the problem for Josh Doxson. His hope is that he has a season like Aguilar did last year, but I can't find a way to get him over 100 targets. And I mean, they are going to throw the ball 75 times to Chris Thompson if he stays healthy. They are going to throw the ball, I think, 120 times to Jamison Crowder. Jordan Reed is currently healthy, and if he's not, they throw the ball a bunch to Vernon Davis. And Paul Richardson's there, and I don't know at this point that we know for sure Doxson's getting more targets than Richardson is. Okay. I'm going to give more names. Tell me who you like. Kelvin Benjamin, Sterling Shepard, Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore. Kelvin Benjamin, Sterling Shepard, Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore. I think Moore has the most upside of this group. Yeah. Oh, Benjamin looked really good in that first preseason game. He, he did. And he's like he's, he's the guy I have high, the ranked the highest. Out of all these guys. Yeah, I think I might have more ranked higher than them. I'm not sure. They're, they're one or two spots apart. Okay. Uh, these are all wor- worthwhile late round picks. No beef here. Shepard, I haven't seen, I haven't drafted at all. I, 
you know, I just I don't know what to expect. I really don't know what to expect from Sterling Shepard. What do you guys? I think? like I like him, um, but I, again, I, I don't know. There, there's a lot of mouths to feed in New York, and Eli Manning is the quarterback, so. Yeah, I mean, he, you gotta figure that if Barkley's gonna be, what would you, how many targets do you have him projected for? 80? Right around there. Okay. Maybe so a little below, but yeah, right around there. 75, 80? You know, that, that, I would, I would assume that's where Shepard's gonna be too. This may be a sort of a specific scenario, but if I draft Odell Beckham and have enough bench spots, like six or more maybe, I definitely want to take Sterling Shepard. Cause I do that's believe- That's your friendship strategy for the Giants? I believe Shepard would be great if Beckham got hurt. Well, how was he than, last year? Wasn't Shepard hurt last year? Or yeah, was Beckham hurt last year? Yeah, Shepard had some huge games, but Shepard himself got hurt. It's not it's not a bad approach because what the the price tag is for Shepard is so cheap. Yeah, I mean he had uh he missed two games, then he had seven seventy yards, 142 yards, then he had two bad games, then he had 139 yards and a touchdown. So it looked like he had three very good games, three bad, pretty bad games, but I, I believe that he would do pretty well. He was playing hurt. Um, and then, uh, last group here, and then we'll do the regulators. Hearns, Stills, okay, we like him, he's a steal. Wide receiver 49. He's the, maybe the best receiver we've talked about yet. <laughs> Mike Williams, Kenny Galladay. Exciting, lots of fun. They're still mostly just on hope though. Who's your favorite, uh, other than Stills? Uh, Hearns, Galladay, Mike Williams. I'll take Mike Williams with the touchdown potential. I'll still go with what I think will be the targets for Hearns, but Williams is more exciting. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see, sorry to interrupt your music. That's uh, okay. It'll be interesting Talk to see if, uh, if Gallup has another big play, big performance. Um, he'll be the best Cowboys guy on draft day. Let's regulate. You got a question? You need a league dispute settled? Email us at, uh huh. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com and put fantasy football regulators in the subject line. This is from Tim in New Jersey. Dear Grandpa, Rocky, Colt, and Tum Tum. Three ninjas. We've had the same group of 12 guys for almost 15 years now. We've always done a snake draft. This summer, one longtime owner proposed doing an auction as opposed to our traditional snake draft. He claims it's a, quote, fact that an auction is the best way to assemble fantasy football teams. I know you guys talk about both types of leagues, so which way is the best way? P.S. I'm going to record your answer and send it to the league. Don't let me down. If everyone can make it and is participating in person, then I would agree with this one owner in your league that an auction is the best way. I don't necessarily like it if you're doing stuff online. Hmm. I like auctions no matter what. I prefer them regardless. Jamie? How many auctions do you actually do? And why are you not in our auction? Because it's in person. And <laughs> I don't live in Florida. It's not in person. We have we have several remote people that do it. Uh I I had a pediatrician appointment that that day. I couldn't join it. I wanted to, I really did. So do the next one. Uh, okay, I will. But all right, what do you say, Jamie? What's the best uh, best look, league? He's now in another league. Yes. Oh no, I'm handing that team off. I can play it out. No? Uh uh uh. I'm not joining another league. No way. So I think Heath, we need to regulate Adam. Yes. So he's in the uh, league. Yep. Regulated. Not yep. in it. If if you're gonna be on a fantasy football podcast that talks about auctions, you need to take part in our auction that we do on as, as a staff. I'll take part in the auction. Especially if it's your favorite way to put and, together a team. Yes, I'm not gonna play it out. Talk, and you need to talk about it throughout the season as we discuss was that guy worth the price. Jamie, break the tie. What's the best way to do a league? Um 
however you can do it in person. I don't care, Oxen or Snake. Okay, so in person is the uh all right. Auction, uh, ox, auctions are more fun. Auctions more fun. Mm-hmm. If they can't do it in person, Jamie, should they do an auction or a snake? Uh, still auction. It just gives more variety. Auction for the win. Regulated. Next up, we've got from Jacob. He says, dear rhythm, bass, bass, and treble. The rhythm is the bass and the bass is the treble. Right? We know it. We know it. Commissioner of a 12-team auction half PPR league can keep up to three players at an additional price for the following year and must lock in your keepers the week before the draft. All right. So you can keep up to three players, but you don't have to keep any. One team has historically struggled with this concept. This year they said they were keeping two players that are unlikely to be drafted in our 12-team league. I imme- I'm not allowed to say who they are. I immediately emailed back with a copy of the CBS rankings asking them to resubmit their keepers and remind them they had the option not to keep anybody. I did this for the sake of competitive balance and would have done this for any team in the league. However, I do believe in full disclosure – uh, for transparency and mockery reasons. How do I handle this? <laughs> but mockery reasons, I like that. Please regulate. The question is, was it right for him to tell this guy, hey, your keepers suck, don't keep them? Basically. So I'm, I'm in a similar situation. Uh, we have to make our keeper decision today for, um, one of my leagues. And there are, uh, it's guys I play softball with. There are a couple guys that like playing fantasy, but they're just not into it. But they do it because they have fun with the draft, and we do a live draft. And um, so I don't necessarily critique their keepers, but I kind of help them with their keepers, which I don't know if it's fair or not, but I I do just so they have good ones. So it's along the same lines, you know, of mm-hmm. not letting them start off their season with bad players. I don't think it's a bad idea to you know kind of guide it, um, but if the guy knows what he's doing, then you should just leave it alone. But he does. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, what I, and I think Jacob, the, you used the words that you need to use in this situation: transparency and mockery. <laughs> I I would absolutely be mocking this owner on the homepage of the league website, but I would also be transparent that I told him he shouldn't keep those players. I, I have a similar situation in my home league, which has been in for almost twenty years now. And when I came to work at CBS, there were some people weren't very happy about me uh the advantage that i had which i'd always had an advantage but and so i just the the transparent uh transparency on that part was you know what if you guys have a question i will help anybody in the league yeah we're cool with it but just be transparent you gotta tell you need to tell the rest of the league first off what a dope this guy was and second that you helped it's been regulated all right this is from jake another jake uh from a suburb north of detroit I need some regulation on the entirety of fantasy football concerning the superflex position. Some people seem to think this is the way of the future, but I just don't understand. Why not make it a two-quarterback league instead? There we go. If you have a standard lineup with two running backs, let's say three receivers and a flex already, adding a superflex means that you most likely will start slot in an RB3 or a wide receiver 3 or 4 or a second quarterback. Everyone is going to use a quarterback there because even quarterbacks like Bortles or Keenum will outscore the other positions. So what's the point? Superflex is stupid. 2QB is the only way to truly increase the value at the quarterback position. What do you guys think? I don't think two, I don't think Superflex is stupid. And our we did our 2QB draft yesterday, and Jamie increased it from 10 to 12 teams. And some people didn't even notice that until the draft was. Oh, that was a, that's. A, <laughs> I gotta get to that on Monday. I gotta get but, to that on Monday. Ace but, fantasy tip. 
that kind of illustrated why Superflex, I think, and it's bye weeks. Because in a 10-team, 2QB league, everybody's going to have three quarterbacks, and it's not as big of concern. In a 12-team, 2QB league, you're going to have weeks where you're starting a quarterback that's not even playing. In a Superflex league, in those weeks at least, you can plug in a wide receiver three or four. Yeah, and I, we just did a Superflex on Saturday and a two-quarterback league yesterday. And I do see some differences, especially if it's four point per passing touchdown and PPR. Because then I do see realistic scenarios where you might sit a quarterback for a wide receiver or something like that. For example, Eli Manning is my super flex. He has the Jaguars in week one. I don't know that he's an automatic start in a four point per passing touchdown league. I might have somebody on my bench that I like better. I might. Um, that's half PPR, so probably not, but full PPR, I think it's realistic. I do, I do, this is my first year doing Superflex. I do see a difference between Superflex and, and two quarterback league. Uh, so, I'm, and, not, and I'm, I like I'm fine with either better. one. You like Superflex better? It gives you more flexibility, I totally agree. Yeah, fle- flex, flexibility. Alright, it's been regulated. Jake, you are wrong. The other people are right. And thank you for listening. And that's gonna do it for us today. Have gotta a go great bye. weekend. Yeah, well, you don't have to go anywhere because you got to go to the Saturday Night Radio Show. Listen to us, Ion Fantasy Football. That's Jamie Eisenberg, Heath Cummings. I'm Adam Azer. We'll talk to you Saturday night and back on the podcast on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody.